Joe Gaither. Appreciate the opportunity as always. Aiden Dollins. I am not in Tuscaloosa even. I am uh, down in Mobile in the 251. Aiden Dollins running the board for me in Tuscaloosa. So we're doing this over Skype. Hopefully we don't have any super horrible technical issues. Aiden, can you hear me loud and clear? How are things looking? How are we How are we sounding? Nothing in the studio has caught fire since your voice started coming through my soundboard. So I think so far we're good to go. All right. Well, I, let's, uh, you know, we got one minute down, like 55 to go. Uh, so we'll see if we can keep that up for another 55 minutes. But you no, know, we got a good show for you today. We were going to have AJ Spur on from uh, formerly WVUA. I believe he's the uh, managing editor for Roll Tide Wire now. We'll talk all kinds of stuff with him, but he can't come on at 1115. We're going to have him at 1140 for that last segment. We'll run him till the end there. We'll talk draft with him. We'll talk Tua. We'll talk... Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk uh, our level of fear. He's a Dolphins fan. I'm a Patriots fan. So we'll talk. Uh, we'll talk all kinds of stuff with AJ Spur. But uh, until then, you know, you know, we're going to talk some NFL draft. You know, we're going to talk a little Jaden, a uh, little Jalen Milrow, a little Ty Simpson. And I guess at this point, we have to talk a little Tyler Buckner. Is is that uh, is, is that what we're on at this point, Aiden? Well, Saban is Catholic. Yeah. So, uh, on, on a serious note, so if you ha- if you haven't heard, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what's going on here. Um, Notre Dame quarterback, and he was kind. Of, he, he didn't start every game for for Notre Dame. Tyler Buckner. He was kind of the, entered the season as the backup, and uh, he started. Um, it was like six games for Notre Dame. He only threw eighty three passes. Game. Uh, yeah, he started the bowl game, and he was named the MVP of the Gator Bowl against South Carolina. But, I mean, he threw three interceptions in that game. I saw someone on Twitter say, hey, he threw, threw uh, five touchdowns in that game. Just two of them were to the other team, threw three touchdowns, three interceptions. So, uh, again, just a very, you know, so-so quarterback for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish is transferring, entering the transfer portal, and allegedly – I, I mean, there's no serious rumor that, like, there's no piece of news that connects Alabama to Tyler Buckner other than the fact that Nick Saban has alluded to the fact that he might be interested in bringing in a transfer portal quarterback and the fact that Tommy Reese has familiarity with Tyler Buckner and seems to really like Tyler Buckner, seems like a good kid by all accounts. Obviously, the production hasn't been there. And people have gotten excited, At least, I mean, depending on who you ask. Some people say it's doom and gloom. Some people have gotten excited. And, again, depending on who you ask, I, I, it's, it's just, I don't know. This, this is It's all most... to gaze, Michael. <sighs> it's all smoke and mirrors. I, I, I do believe, I mean, they're going to bring him in for a visit. They are going to bring him in for a visit. He is in the city of Tuscaloosa from everything we've heard. Yeah, I mean, it was the report last night. I think it was Clint Lamb, who actually we're going to have on the show today in uh, in Mobile. Tune into that on the on the Sound of Mobile app. I'll, I'll give I'll give little nuggets of shameless plugs to myself throughout the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, 
allegedly he was going to be in Tuscaloosa yesterday as soon as the night, meaning last night, and now it's today. And I, I, again, I haven't seen anything definitive. I haven't seen like a hard, concrete piece of reporting. Uh, but again, you know, you guys do uh, more of the reporting angle than than we do down here. We do we do speculation at my station, whereas, whereas I think, you know, Stephen Detheridge and, and, and all you guys from, from a reporting angle get to the truth. And also you're in the thick of it in Tuscaloosa, so I'll take your word for it. But yeah, I, I think it speaks more so to the status of what we have in in the quarterback room in Tuscaloosa right now, rather than Tyler Buckner being this great, potential great quarterback. I, I think he could be okay at Alabama. I, I think he could run the offense effectively, efficiently, uh, like like be okay, not not great, not anything special. I just think that Alabama fans, and, and I'm speaking to myself here, I, I think we really need to temper our expectations for what the cap to this offense is going to be. And not that it can't be a good offense, because I think it's going to be back to, obviously, Tommy Reese is turning back the clock and, you know, run the damn ball and ground and pound and all, all, whatever cliche you want to throw out there. But I just think Alabama has been so spoiled by great quarterback play over the last really whatever you want to call it, six, seven years, and and more specifically the last two years, and I know they didn't win a national championship, but if you want to say Bryce Young wasn't the best quarterback to ever wear crimson, you're wrong, and and I'm on, honestly just not going to argue with you uh, because talent-wise, in terms of what he had to do and how much he elevated the team around, and Bryce Young is the greatest quarterback to ever put on an Alabama uniform. And so specifically the last two years, I think we've been spoiled by great quarterback play, and – no matter what happens, no matter who the guy is, if it's Jalen Milrow, if it's Ty Simpson, if it's Tyler Buckner, heck, if it's Dylan Lonergan or Eli Holstein, there's going to be a big, big, big step back in just the quality of quarterback play that Alabama is going to have this year. And that's not to say Alabama can't win a national championship. They could. Uh, right now, I, I, I don't feel great about that prospect. I, I, I don't think... I, for the first why, time why, in a long why time, is that, I'm Michael, not... shouldn't Alabama fans feel better about the idea of not having a five star come here and throw it all over the yard? I mean, last the three of the six national championships they've seen Saban win in this town were with the kid from St. Paul's who was a a, a weaker four star from what I remember, and the kid from South Lake with three stars next to his yeah. name. St. Paul's where I'll drive by today on my way to work, by the way. A little fun fact for you. Drive by it every day. Uh, it's, yeah, Jake, Jake Coker and AJ McCarron get their due love down here in the 251. Uh, but, yeah, and I understand your point, but I don't know. I've gone back and forth on this because obviously it can be done. And it's easy to point to Georgia in the last two years and say, well, they just won back-to-back national championships with Stetson Bennett. I think that Georgia this year, though, or at least two years ago, I think Georgia had a generational defense. And I don't I don't like to throw around the term generational lightly, but I think two years ago, Georgia's defense was generational. The only time they let up 
was against Bryce Young in the SEC Championship. And yes, Bryce Young tore them up in the SEC Championship. And frankly, I'll take it to the grave. He would have tore them up in the National Championship again if Jameson Williams didn't uh, didn't unfortunately go down with a torn ACL. Honestly, he was tearing them up, and Ajay Hall couldn't make plays. Cameron Latou dropped it on the goal line, but it, we don't need to rehash the 2021 National Championship. That's not really what I came on to do. It's just a game I think about often and keeps me up at night. But anyway... Uh, that Georgia defense in 2021 was spectacular. And then I think Stetson Bennett this past season in their second national championship, I think Stetson Bennett doesn't get the due credit that he deserves. Uh, I think he was a little bit more, and, and you know, I say this as someone who's not a fan of Stetson Bennett, but I think he was definitely more than that game manager type guy this year. I I, I think he showed some see, wheels. He made quick decisions. I, yeah, I mean, he threw he the ball making, where he shouldn't have been able to throw it. He was making NFL type throws game after game, and again, a lot faster than I gave him credit for. I admitted probably halfway through the year. Yeah, I was probably wrong about Stetson Bennett. Like, you know, maybe we were unfair to the guy, and it is what it is. Like, he's actually kind of good. And Georgia wasn't really tested besides the uh, the game against Ohio State, but Stetson Bennett kept up. I mean, he had a good game. You know, a great running game helps that too. And, you know, a shanked kick, but, you know, Alabama would have missed that kick too. Uh, <laughs> all, all this to be said – uh, the original point about Alabama, like, yes, it can be done without great quarterback play in 2023, but this isn't 2012 anymore. I, I, I don't think that A.J. McCarron, and this isn't to dump on A.J. McCarron specifically or Jay Coker or, or Blake Sims or, or whoever. I just don't think that that type of guy without it, either a generational defense around them or the best running game in the country – I just don't think that kind of guy is winning a national championship in 2023 anymore. And that's not to say Alabama can't have this spectacular defense. Like maybe Kevin Steele comes in and writes the ship. It's not like they don't have the talent. I mean, Georgia proved in 2021, you can still win games on the back of backs of uh, playing great defense. But and you saw those defensive backs, Michael. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Down. I think Caleb Downs, is going to come in and be an immediate superstar. I think Kool-Aid McKinstry is the best cornerback in the country. I think if Terry and Arnold figures it out, he's going to be he's going to be, you know, the best dancing partner in the country for Kool-Aid McKinstry. Earl Little is really good. I mean, Malachi Moore, what a story he's had. I mean, he was a star his freshman year and then kind of loses his job. Brian Branch ends up being really spectacular and I think is you know, could end up being the best Alabama player in this draft in the NFL, uh, non Bryce Young category. But, uh, you know, Malachi Moore comes back and now, you know, after persevering for three years, what it is really, uh, he's, he's going to ultimately take that role back and I think be a huge part of this defense. I, I love this secondary's mix of old and young blood. And I, I think it's going to be great, but I mean, there are questions at linebacker. I think Justin Jefferson's going to be a big contributor. I'm excited to talk to Clint Lamb about this later on our show, but uh, you know, cause there are all kinds of guys, but uh, Deontay Lawson is another guy who's been out for the entire spring uh, with, with an injury. So we didn't see him at a day, but he's a, he's a mobile Christian guy. Uh, he's a real, really, really good football player. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm excited about him, but yeah, I mean, this defense can be special. It, it, it certainly can be. I don't know if it's going to be Alabama defenses of old, but like my original point, 
I'm worried that it has to be for Alabama to win a national championship. I mean, perhaps Michael's right about that. We're going to work on getting Michael back here real quick, experiencing some mild technical difficulties. Uh, Seth, why don't we go ahead and hit a break here while we try to reconnect Mr. Brawner and let him complete that very intelligent thought he was beginning to formulate. In their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. From our home base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Road tripping, business travel, or bringing your car in for repairs. All great reasons to rent a Toyota at Tuscaloosa Toyota. You can rent the latest Toyota models for a day, a week, or a weekend. Every Toyota rental car comes with 24 hours roadside assistance and is backed by an entire team of people you know and trust. Rent a Toyota and let's go places. Reserving yours is a breeze at TuscaloosaToyota.com. Years ago, you hear Randy decided that the best way to advertise great Southern was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking, Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The sky mostly cloudy this afternoon and tonight will maintain the chance of a few scattered showers. The high today, 74. Tonight's low, 60. Or tomorrow, cloudy. A good chance of showers. Maybe a few strong thunderstorms around. The high, 73. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 66 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Today for the Crimson Tide, local high school sports, and Bama in the pros right here on Tide 100.9. I knew there was going to be a minor technical difficulty. Back on Cup of Joe. Filling in for Joe Gaither. I'm not Joe Gaither. Michael Bronner. Filling in. Cup of Joe on Tide 
Midday Madness from 11 to 12. Aiden Dollins running the board for me in Tuscaloosa while I'm down here on Skype in Mobile. Before we had to hit an unfortunate break. Damn, we were just really getting going there, Aiden. It's unfortunate we had to uh, we had to hit an early break. But, um, yeah, so I backed into we'll, – we'll get into draft stuff here in a second. But just to wrap up what we were talking about. Before, uh, for a second here, I don't know, Aiden, if you were going to make a prediction right now, who's the starting quarterback going to be week one? I think week one starting quarterback, probably Jalen Milrow. Here's my hot take, Michael. You ready for this one? Please. This is Eli Holstein's team by week three. Oh, whoa. That is a hot take. I've been standing by this for like multiple months now. All right. Dylan Lonergan makes better decisions than Eli Holstein, but I'm willing to forgive Holstein for making freshman mistakes. What I'm not willing to forgive is Dylan Lonergan's noodle arm every time he tries to push the ball more than 15 yards down the field. What, you're basing this just off of A-Day? And some high school film. All right. Fair enough. There was a big knock on Lonergan. I think Lonergan was kind of seen as this – like he was kind of just seen more as a baseball player and who also plays football. And Holstein was the highly regarded kid from Zachary, Louisiana, who was seen as come would come in and, and have a chance to push for this starting job. I don't, I don't know if that's actually going to prove to be true. I don't know. I was impressed by Dylan Lonergan on a day. Uh, I was impressed I, right up until the point that he tried to throw the ball past the sticks. Eli Holstein left one short too, but it ended up being a perfect back shoulder throw to Jacory Brooks. So I don't know. He probably had more in it. It was like his first deep ball of the day. Yeah. And, and, and I feel like that's just kind of those adjusting to the pace of play, adjusting to playing in Bryant Denny stadium. Um, you know, it, it didn't feel like that ball was short because that's all Eli Holstein had. It felt like it was just an errant throw. Whereas when Dylan Lonergan's balls were coming up short or looking like Tim Tebow lame ducks, it felt like it was because he was gassing his arm for all it was worth. It's hard to judge. I mean, I, and I, I, I should have honestly watched the whole broadcast last night because I know it showed again on SEC Network. But uh, all four of these guys had some were victims of bad drops. Probably, probably uh, Milrow more so than anyone. I Bond, Bond had a couple bad ones. Holstein had had Bond uh, couldn't get any separation. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, for a guy who's who, who's probably the quickest receiver on the team, he, he he couldn't establish one iota of separation. And when he was open, he he dropped the ball. Jermaine Burton dropped the ball again. I, you know, casting doom and gloom over a day is, is silly, but but Jermaine uh, Burton may have dropped more passes good. at a day than at pro day, and that's kind of saying something. Jermaine Burton is hard to figure out. Uh, I mean, it seemed like he was coming on towards the end of the year. Obviously, I, I mean, he only had three catches in the Sugar Bowl, but they were all th- they had three huge catches. I, I felt he played his best game of the season in the Sugar Bowl. And, you know, it was it was hopeful that he was going to come in and, and, and be a huge part of this receiving group. And he still certainly could. Uh, but to come in and, and have a stinker on a day like that is, uh, I, I mean, why, why, why isn't he getting better? I, I, I think it's possible that what we're, you know, blissfully ignoring is the idea that 
he might not ever, and that he might just be a mediocre football player. Yeah, and and that's another thing too, and and another reason why I think Bryce Young is so spectacular. I, I think this receiving group this year is going to be better than last year, mostly because it's the same group plus Malik Benson, who's obviously the the wild card. I, let me ask you this: how, how much stock do you take into that? Final Malik Benson drive. I mean, that was against the third stringers and walk-ons, I think. But so, so he, he did kind of take over. Somebody straight with you, Michael. I haven't seen the final drive. I haven't even seen a highlight because I uh, I had the baby with me in the stadium, and it was starting to get a little fussy there towards the yeah. end. So we kind of left as that drive was starting. But from uh, everything I've heard, Malik Benson delivered on expectations. It was four plays in a row, and credit to Milrow, there were four nice throws, too, that he just went – to uh to Benson to Benson to Benson to Benson touchdown uh four plays four plays are, and I think I think Benson was kind of like I said I think he was kind of just abusing third teamers at that point it was the final minute of a day uh so kind of again take it with a big grain of salt but it, it was exciting to watch I mean and Milrow dropped the dime in the corner of the end zone I do think Benson is going to be very good uh but it, he didn't really do much at, at a day until that final drive but it, you know it is it is what it is so it, it, it was exciting to watch but no like I said and, and was saying at the end I, I just think expectations need to be tampered and, and I think that you're not gonna have a Bryce Young this year you're not gonna have a Tua, you're not going to have a Mac Jones. You're not going to have a Jalen Hurts. I don't know if you're going to have a Jay Coker and AJ McCarron. And whether the team around whoever the quarterback is, and I and I like that bold take on Eli Holstein. I don't know if Eli Holstein is going to be good enough to take over the team by week three. Ideally, he's a future starter. By the way, Julian Sain is going to come in the following year and be the best quarterback on the roster the second he step, steps foot on campus. I don't know if you watched any film on yes, Julian Sain. KJ Lacey will supplant him the very next oh, season. Oh, That's the KJ 2028 Lacey. NFL number one overall pick right there in Sarah Land High School. How do you even know who KJ Lacey is? He's I, like I was the covering star his game against Hillcrest right in round two. He was oh. incredible. Like, so Ryan got, Williams is a stud, but he doesn't yeah. have half the yards and touchdown he has if K.J. Lacey doesn't put every single ball to him right in the breadbasket. K.J. Lacey is phenomenal. The The debate around here is, like, is is K.J. Lacey that good, or does he have does he have Ryan Williams to throw to? I mean, it's – which is, you know, fair conversations both because Ryan Williams is – Quite honestly, you know, relative to competition, he's he's the most talented football Ryan player I've, could I've ever seen. Alabama this season. I, I I truly do believe that. I, I honestly truly do believe that he he is that good. Uh, he's an awesome kid too. You know, he's he's great to talk to. We've had him on our show. Uh, humble kid. Uh, he he's going to be a superstar. His head's in the right spot, and he is just he he's unbelievable. I, I cannot say enough good things about Ryan Hollywood Williams. So Alabama fans get excited about him, but I couldn't believe the KJ Lacey name dropped. Now he's really good. I don't know if he's going to end up at Alabama, but the offers certainly started rolling in for him, uh, you know, from Auburn, Florida state, Ole Miss, a uh, bunch of us. And he finally did get the Alabama offer, I believe like two months ago. Uh, you, you know, this is all, you know, coming off the heels of a sophomore winning, winning a state championship in 6A. So uh, the offer certainly did come in for Lacey. We'll see if he ends up following Ryan Williams. Both of them sophomores are rising juniors now in the 2025 class. So we'll Michael, see. If, I'm, we'll I'm see. about to move back to a state with a lottery and I intend to start playing so that hopefully I can win it before 2025 and just donate the entire check 
to KJ Lacey's NIL fund. Wow, you're all in on KJ Lacey. I, I mean, I'm all in on the Redskins starting to tank now for KJ Lacey in 2028. I've watched him a lot. Uh, I've I watched a lot of Saraland games last year. He's he's a special player. He's he's got quite the cannon, but you know it certainly does help when when Hollywood Williams is is completely unguardable and just streaking. What that that team is so fun to watch. I I can't wait to go back to watching them this fall. I mean, they are they are. Literally the best show on turf in in the state of Alabama right now, Saraland High School down here in 6A. I, I expect them to probably win another state title. They're actually playing uh, to open the season this year. They're playing Lipscomb Academy, Trent Dilfer's old school. Uh, that was just announced a couple days ago. There's Lipscomb Academy is coming all the way down here to Saraland and uh, and going to take on the Spartans. And we'll see we'll see what happens there. You see uh, you see Thompson is playing IMG as well. Well, Bronner, actually, speaking of IMG Academy, oh, I saw this too. They're they're getting sold. They're so. How do you sell a high school, Michael Bronner? I I, I didn't. <laughs> we talked about this yesterday. I didn't know it was for sale, but they're getting. Uh, the more concerning headline is the amount they're getting sold for. What what was it? What one point like five billion dollars? And, and, you know, it costs about $89,000 to go to school there. So I guess it's uh, I guess it's an investment for whoever, whatever billionaire came in. And billionaire group probably came in and dropped a, a giant bag to purchase IMG Academy. But good, yeah, good on them, I guess. We'll, we'll see if uh, Thompson Freshman now, by the way, was an eighth grader who just dominated the state championship, Trent Seaborn, and now now is entering his freshman year, can can go and take on IMG Academy. I would expect them to probably lose that game, but, I mean, who knows? This this kid's an absolute stud. That That's the kid, Aiden, that you need to be putting uh, the commander's draft stock in. This Like, wait another couple of years, and Trent Seaborn as the commander's quarterback, this Thompson eighth grader who dominated the state championship last year. He, he is... The absolute real deal. Nah, man. I'm sticking with the kid from Mobile. That, that's, right. that, that's my story. I'm sticking with it. All right. I'll take it. Well, let's get into some draft stuff. Again, we're going to have AJ Spur on, managing editor Roll Tide Wire on at 1140, and he'll take us up to the end of the show. But uh, to get us to that, we will talk NFL draft. Bryce Young is at this point all but a guarantee to be the number one overall pick. It was interesting how it worked out. I mean, when the Panthers first traded up with Joe Gaither's Chicago Bears, uh, you know, it, it kind of seemed like it was CJ Stroud. I, I was I remember asking Joe before the trade happened, like, what do you want the Bears to do here? Do you do you want them to just take Bryce Young? Do you want them to draft Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, or do you want them to trade down? And he said, you know collect as many assets as possible and trade down but uh, obviously and obviously that's what happened uh you know if i were the bears i would have just taken bryce young but that's a whole that's a whole other discussion joe, joe gaither seems to be under that uh justin fields spell which i'm not going to come on his show and slander justin fields i'm just not under the uh same i'm not drinking you mean shorter lamar jackson <laughs> shorter Lamar Jackson. Uh maybe. Yeah, he, he might be. Uh he, I'll give he, Fields he, this. At least he can take a hit. 
Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll see what happens this year. I mean, he's got DJ Moore now. He feels running out of excuses at least, but he's also you know coming off a rookie year on the worst on the worst roster in the league, arguably. So so we'll see what happens with Fields this year. Again, you know, let's not turn. I won't turn Joe's show into the slander Justin Fields show. But all this being said, I would I, either way. I still would have drafted Bryce Young, but I think this was a great deal for the Bears. Now the Panthers are going to get Bryce Young. Now, but then after that, it gets really interesting. Uh, discussion we've had a lot is the Texans here at number two. There's a number of directions they can go. Personally, uh, after looking at the whole quarterback class, I mean, it seemed like they were going to take Stroud. I don't believe they're going to take Stroud at this point, although they still could. Uh, I mean, Will Anderson is possible. He was the favorite for a day or two, and now somehow it's Will Levis, whether it's someone trading up. I don't know. Uh, or the Texans taking Will Levis, whether the Texans could pull the trigger on Anthony Richardson. I don't know. If I'm the Texans, I'd probably trade down and, and look at a quarterback next year. What do you think, Aiden? So I, I think there's not a lot of sense in trading down for the Texans because they just brought in a boatload of draft capital from Cleveland in the Deshaun Watson deal. So if you feel like there's a guy that you think can alter your franchise in any way, shape, or form in a positive manner at two, you go ahead and stay put and take him because the risk of missing on that trading back to eight and trying to get a little more draft capital probably isn't worth the trade-off given how much draft capital you already have. I think it becomes a discussion of Will Anderson Jr. or Tyree Wilson at number two, there's a lot of people, not a lot of people, Peter Schrager, who's very intelligent. I, he's one of my favorite sources, um, saying that there's a strong argument for Tyree Wilson because the connection between D'Amico Ryans and his defensive line coach in San Francisco, quite frankly, is much stronger than D'Amico Ryans and the current head coach at his alma mater that he never played for. And his D-line coach went to mm. Texas Tech and has been vying for Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson also, in his physical attributes and style of play, matches a little more of what D'Amico Ryans has liked in true defensive ends and defensive linemen more than Will Anderson Jr. has. My argument for Will Anderson Jr., though, Michael, is the Texans in and the city of Houston have a one-to-one -one replacement for the man that was J.J. Watt, not just the football player, but the human being. Yeah, I, and I'll address both those things. Tyree Wilson, I, I think both players are going to be really good. And you raise an interesting point that I actually haven't thought of at all, that that D'Amico Ryan's probably, you know, just because he went to Alabama and was a great player at Alabama, he actually probably has more of a connection directly to Tyree Wilson than he does Will Anderson. But with regards to the draft capital question, I'll tell you why they would trade down to collect more draft capital because there's two spectacular quarterbacks in next year's class. And yes, if you miss out on one of Will Anderson or Tyree Wilson, not miss out, just pass on is, is probably the better term there. Uh, it's unfortunate, but I think the Texans pretty much no matter what, whether you take Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, or one of these quarterbacks, and I think especially if you take one of these quarterbacks that isn't named Bryce Young in this draft, number two overall, pretty much no matter what, uh, barring like one of the greatest turnarounds we've ever seen by a first-year head coach in the NFL history, are going to be bad this year. Uh, and when I say bad, I don't necessarily mean number one pick bad, but probably top five pick bad and in a best case scenario top 10 pick bad so if you're the texans and you're looking to move down from number two let's say the vegas raiders at number seven want to trade up 
And, you know, that tr- that trade up from seven to two is going to cost a pretty penny. It, it probably, you know, obviously swap seven to two and then probably multiple first rounders you get in return for that. We, uh, well, so- we did just have a guest from Draft Tech on the Gary Harris show right before uh, Kennedy Painter, who has covered the Washington Commanders for most of his career, saying yep. that the Arizona Cardinals have been getting calls from the Tennessee Titans, and pretty much the only offer to move from 11 to 3 has been two third-round picks. There's not two a lot third of... third-round picks. Thir- two third-round picks. It seems that the cost to move up in this year's draft, for whatever reason, is nowhere near as exorbitant as it normally is. Maybe, maybe it really just is that these quarterbacks are not valued as much outside of Bryce Young. And again, rightfully so, because I don't think they're very good. Uh, I don't think... Like Anthony Richardson, if he, if he pans out, could be really good. But I personally, I don't think he's going to pan out. The I don't only think place the, he has a chance is Seattle, sitting behind Geno Smith for three yeah, years. I, I don't think that CJ Shroud. I think his ceiling is extremely limited. I think his floor is lower than people care to admit. Uh, Will Levis, eh? Maybe if he drops to fourteen for the Patriots, take I a shot. Why not? That puts mayonnaise in their coffee. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a red flag for me for sure, for 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 sure. But uh, yeah, that, that's interesting that you say that. And if heck, if the if the package to to move down from from two for Houston is not worth it, then don't do it. If if you're not getting at least a first round pick, the reason why I argue for it again, like I said, the Texans are going to be bad no matter what. And you're not. I don't believe you're finding your quarterback in the future in this class outside of number one, no matter what. So. It's like collect all those assets and get ready to move up next year because Caleb Williams and Drake May, I believe, are both going to be NFL superstars. And so, Jason McCall. Ah, to a lesser extent. Ah, to a significantly but, lesser extent. But, Bronner, let me throw this one at you. You stay at two, and you roll the dice, and you see if Hendon Hooker's still there at 12. Mm. See, I like that one, that's too. that's the second-best quarterback in this class. Ah, see, I've given, I've given that take, too. Uh, and I'm less... You know, I, I've gotten a bit bamboozled by these these S two cognitive tests. They've really thrown me off. Uh, Hendon Hooker scoring a forty six percent really, 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 really put a wrench in my plans here, and th- really, really threw my narrative for a loop. Just you know, Jesus, Hendon Hooker a one read product of Josh Heupel's offense. Oh no, no chance. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, I like Hendon Hooker as well. I've been, I've been, I've been pushing that as well. That Hendon Hooker might be the second best quarterback in the class. I. I think there's a good chance he's not there at 12, but I actually really like that strategy too. Uh, and, and taking him at 12 and, and again, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm so certain that both of these guys next year are going to be superstars in Caleb Williams and Drake may both of them. I, I, I'm sold on both. And I, I, there's a certain there's something to be said about like you know you don't want to bet on your team to be bad again and kick the can down the road and you know we'll uh, we'll deal with it next year yada 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 all that uh, but all this being said uh, these guys are both superstars and I don't think there is a superstar quarterback in this draft outside of Bryce Young I think Hendon Hooker could be solid uh, I think you know if Will if uh, I don't know all, all these guys are so boomer bust especially Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. Uh, Anthony Richardson, if if he hits the ceiling, could be a superstar, but I just don't see it happening. This draft is hard to figure out, man. I, and 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 I don't know. I don't know what. He, I guess Houston just should, should. If what you're saying is to be believed, then I guess Houston should should stick in there at two and, and, and take Will Anderson or 
Tyree Wilson. But you're listening to Cup of Joe. We're going to have AJ Spur on at 11.40 here coming up on the other side of the break. We're going to get his thoughts on all this and much more. Keep it tuned in. Tide 100.9. seen their clothing around town on game days but check out christopher mobley on the strip it's luxury game day apparel redefined it's the only place in town where you can find todd hoots apparel clothing designed for the modern day entrepreneur golf enthusiast and athleisure fanatic they've got peter millar viore grayson and mizzen and and if you haven't tried the mizzen and dress shirts you've got to you can find them at 1410 university boulevard on the strip also they've got a great e-commerce site at christophermobley.shop so check out christopher mobley luxury game day apparel redefined from our home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. This is a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. I'm Kim Rankin with your Tide Sports Update. Alabama men's basketball transfer Jaquan Walton was arrested on Saturday night on marijuana charges. Multiple Alabama football players volunteered at the Tuscaloosa Metro Animal Shelter on Sunday. This has been a Town Square Media Tide 100.9 Sports Update. For more info on these stories and more, download the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Years ago, Jimmy Rain decided that the best way to advertise Great Southernwood was through coaches. Gene Stallings, Pat Dye, Steve Spurrier, and myself, and many more coaches took to the radio and TV airwaves to tell people that if you're building outdoors, the only way to build is with pressure-treated pine, yellow wood. It is the very, very best. Why? Because all the coaches said yellow wood, pressure-treated pine, protects against bug, termite, and weather. Decking. Fencing, play sets, whatever you're wanting to build, just go to the internet, look at Yellowwood, and you will find these coaches advertised a great product. If it doesn't have that yellow tag on it, believe you me, you don't want it. It's Yellowwood. Did you miss any episode on Tide 100.9? Don't worry. All of our shows can be found on Spotify and Apple Music and on demand on the Tide 100.9 app. Thank you. 
Tide 100.9, filling in for Joe Gaither today. I am Michael Braun. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Joining us now on the Derek Daniel State Farm Hotline, site editor for USA Today's Roll Tide affiliate, Roll Tide Wire. Always a pleasure to talk to my friend, AJ Spur. AJ, how are you, man? Michael, thank you so much for having me. I hope the uh, the helicopter flying overhead, he's not looking for me, but he's overhead. hope the chopper's not too loud on the broadcast, but I am super happy to be back on Tide 100.9 and talking to you again. Hopefully, going to have a lot more fun tomorrow with the draft and uh, the NFL season coming up. There's a lot to talk about. Well, as for the helicopter, AJ, I'm in Mobile. You're, you're, I believe, in Miami, so that's kind of an Aiden problem. He can kind of just deal with that from Tuscaloosa. So, you know, we'll, 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 we'll just talk and, and he'll figure that out. But no, obviously, draft tomorrow. We'll, we'll get into all the draft stuff. Uh, but I want to start here with AA stuff, Tyler Buckner stuff, what's going on with the Alabama quarterback situation. Uh, we, we started the show talking about these Tyler Buckner, Notre Dame rumors. Uh, what's your level of concern with the Alabama quarterback uh, room? Do you think that this Tyler Buckner rumor kind of reflects a lack of confidence in Nick Saban and Tommy Reese and what's currently in Tuscaloosa? You know, I don't know if we could call it a lack of confidence, but it might just mean that, you know, the, the QB battle is not over, you know, or close to being over. Uh, we saw Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson both perform okay um, on the A-Day spring game, but no one really stood above. You know, I mean, at times, even Dylan Lonergan looked great. Eli Holstein had flashes of potential. Uh, I don't necessarily think this speaks to Nick Saban's inability to trust either Milrow or Simpson, because that's definitely who it's between as of right now, and it's a lot closer than everyone thinks. But you have Tyler Buckner, who understands Tommy Reese, understands the offense that he runs, and, you know, is, is looking for a change. So if you can bring him in, I don't think that this would be the worst idea out there. But they do have to understand, with four quality quarterbacks, even with two of them being true freshmen, someone's likely to enter the transfer pool. It's going to happen. So really what this speaks to me is Nick Saban and the coaching staff, if they do decide to bring Buckner in, that means they know and are okay with one of the four quarterbacks that I just mentioned leaving the program, at least one of them. Yeah, and I think that's kind of just the reality of college football in 2023. You know, you're not guaranteed the starting job or have lost the starting job. You're going to transfer. I think the the Mac Joneses of the world or or whoever you want to compare it to, it's those days are not necessarily over, but probably few and far between at this point. It's just, I, I mean, would would you say it's more likely one of these freshman transfers at this point or or whoever old? I mean, you're not bringing in Tyler Buckner to be the backup, right? No, if you're going into the transfer portal to get somebody from another, you know, big, high-profile program, especially somebody that's worked under the offensive coordinator that you currently have and just hired, you're bringing him in with expectations of him competing for that QB1 spot. I would anticipate that it would be one of the freshmen that would transfer out, if any. But I also wouldn't be shocked if, you know, one of the two uh, QBs battling it out right now, Milrow or Simpson decided to transfer out because look, Jalen Milrow is already a junior. You know, Ty Simpson 
is a sophomore who would probably be okay with, you know, being QB2, knowing that he couldn't work his way up like a Mac Jones role. I mean, at Alabama, you know, Mac Jones case in point, you have one great season, boom, you're a first-round pick. You know, so I don't think that that they would be quick to jump into the portal, but I definitely do think that it would be, you know, taking into consideration by either Milrow or Simpson, whoever would be deemed QB3 out of that bunch. But you all, you would also have to assume one of the two freshmen, Holstein or Lonergan, would, would think about it. What are your general thoughts on A-Day uh, outside of the quarterback's uh, biggest cause for hope biggest cause for concern i i guess the receivers and their drops have have to be it they're just general a day thoughts and and how much should we take away from what is ultimately just a, a scrimmage in the spring well listen uh, you can't take away too much this is more an opportunity for fans to see the players take the field this isn't a, a proper way to evaluate the state of the team you know, individual players, whether it be quarterbacks, defensive backs, wide receivers. But if just based on this scrimmage, I had to give you, you know, the the, the positive and the negative, the physicality on defense. You know, we saw some strong hits. We saw, you know, even even with it being a scrimmage, a team that wanted to win on both sides of the ball for defense, or both teams on that side of the ball for defense. As for the negative, I'm going to agree with you. It's got to be the wide receivers. I, I, Alabama fans have got to understand the days of having a clear-cut star first-round wide receiver one are over for the foreseeable future. There, there's nobody right now. Jermaine Burton's not going to be the guy uh, that you know Jamison Williams was, John Mechie was, uh, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy. The rideout, you know, is what they were called. Alabama doesn't have that anymore. So, you know, having the expectation of, you know, a superstar wide receiving core, you got to throw that out the window. That's not going to be there. But you would hope that a clear wide receiver one at this point, especially with a veteran like Jermaine Burton being on the roster. Unfortunately, because of A-Day, you know, maybe our perception is a little skewed after it just because he didn't, you know, look the part of a wide receiver one. But... We'll have to wait and see, but that, that's definitely one of my biggest question marks heading into the, uh, the regular season. Did you did you get sold on the final Malik Benson drive for four plays in a row that culminated in a touchdown, <laughs> or, or or was it just against you know the the walk ons and third triggers? <laughs> no, I still have I still have really really high hope uh, for Malik Benson. I think he's going to be you know uh, the Jameer Gibbs of of this year's offense. Just that that transfer that comes in not many people know what he can do what he's capable of and just absolutely lights it up uh we didn't really get an opportunity to see that uh during the scrimmage but we have months until the regular season begins that's months for him to build chemistry with whoever the starting quarterback is going to be um and you know fans can only hope that you know come late august early september things have really gelled for him and uh We'll just go from there because it's a waiting game at this point. This isn't like any other Alabama team that we've seen in recent years. Lots and lots of questions. Well, I'll get to the draft in a second, but obviously the Aaron Rodgers trade became official. 
Yeah. It's just it's just me and you here, AJ. And AJ, if you don't know, AJ, AJ's a Dolphins fan. I'm a Patriots fan. It's just me and you here, AJ. It's it's a safe space. We can we can talk about it. What's uh what what's our level of fear and, and concern here that that Aaron Rodgers can elevate the Jets to? Again, just me and you. It's a safe space. No one else is listening. I mean, if we're if we're talking to Vegas or half the people that work in ESPN. The Jets are Super Bowl contenders, and I think, you know, I I don't think that we're ready or that I'm ready personally to jump that far ahead to call them, you know, potential Super Bowl champions, contenders, whatever you want to call it. But I think it would be silly to not act like Aaron Rodgers doesn't make this team a playoff contender. You know, they may not rival the Bills uh, to win the AFC East, but they'll definitely give the Dolphins a run for their money in second place. Sorry, I'm not going to throw the Patriots in there. Um, I know you're and, not. And they, <laughs> they could take over a, a wild card spot. And the Jets, you know, this is New York, Michael. This isn't, you know, Green Bay. You're not in California anymore, Aaron Rodgers. He's on a short leash. Fans are impatient. I mean, Zach Wilson barely got any opportunity before fans turned on him and were ready to uh, to throw him out there to the wolves. So I'm really interested to see how Aaron Rodgers deals with this type of environment, this fan base, and the team as a whole. I mean, this team looked good last year with Zach Wilson and Mike White, current Miami Dolphins. Um, you know, they've got the defense. They've got the offensive weapons. Aaron Rodgers, he may be older. You know, he may be past his prime, but I don't think you can write him off as a quarterback that can't lead a talented team to a deep playoff run. I, I just think it would be silly to say that and any Patriots Dolphins or Bills fans in the AFC East because I know those are the fan bases that are talking about it the most you know any of them that go out there and say hey you know this does absolutely nothing for that franchise you know you're you're lying to yourself yeah no I I I think that's about right I think that's about right and you know, I, I won't make this, I won't make this a Patriots thing. We don't we don't we don't have we don't have enough time. But uh, you know, I, you know, I I will. I'll ask you. I'll ask you this because uh, you know it's just something that came up. Tom Brady was getting in, in interviewed in whatever seminar he was doing, and he was asked about uh, you know you're going to come out of retirement and play for the Dolphins. What uh, we never we last time I had you on a mobile, I ran out of time to ask you about this. What. Uh, is, is that just like your worst nightmare? Like having having to possibly root for Tom Brady as the Dolphins quarterback and the fact that he took to his job at that point? <laughs> I think the latter part of that question might be my nightmare. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, having to root for Tom Brady, if you would have asked me this, Michael, three years ago, maybe even two years ago, I would say, hey, as a Dolphins fan, if he's going to join the franchise and put the team in a better position to win you know, make the playoffs, win a playoff series, which they haven't done in decades, you know, you root for them. You root for your team. Now, no. At this point, I think Tom Brady shouldn't attempt to uh, to come back into the league. He should leave. This is a plea right now. This is an official plea for Tom (laughs) Brady to please stop talking about the Miami Dolphins, stop entertaining questions pertaining to the Miami Dolphins, leave Tua alone, we already lost the first round pick from this year. Just leave the franchise alone. 
See, I was I, I was saying that the first round pick that the Dolphins had taken from uh, from you should have been given back to the Patriots as as uh, you know a replacement <laughs> replacement for the pick we had stolen from Deflategate nonsense. But unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. Uh, anyway, uh, what should what should the Texans do here with the second overall pick? Oh, this is hard. You know, and this is I'm, – I'm very excited for this draft for multiple reasons. Um, the main one being the Texans at number two. Everyone's kind of agreed at this point that Bryce Young is going to be the number one to the Carolina Panthers, uh, which that's how draft season started, and there was a lot of talk throughout it. And then now we're, we're right back where we started, where Bryce Young is the consensus number one overall pick, it seems. However, you go to the Texans at number two, they've got multiple first-round picks. I believe it's two and 12 is what they have. They could trade back if they don't want a quarterback. They could take Will Anderson, who, you know, I know a lot of people aren't of rebuilding a franchise around a defensive player, but this team is actively in a rebuild. This isn't the beginning of a rebuild. They do need a quarterback, but they also need defensive help. If they stick with the pick, if they're not comfortable with C.J. Stroud, because I would personally prioritize quarterback needs over defensive needs if there's a quarterback there that you are confident you can work with and will make the team better overall. Now, there have been uh, people talking that I've seen online, uh, reporters and analysts, that say the Texans are hesitant to draft C.J. Stroud because the agent he chose is the same agent for Deshaun Watson. Hmm. Interesting. That's a little nugget there. Uh, Yeah. I don't know if that carries any weight, but, you know, it's something to keep in mind. And and I... Me personally, I wouldn't want to be in the the uh, the war room for the Texans tomorrow night because you are going to have to pick one of three things: you trade the pick, you take Stroud, or you take Will Anderson. Whichever one you go with, as the Texans general manager, the front office, it's going to be wrong. I'm letting you know that right now. Fans will haunt you for years to come, no matter what happens tomorrow night at number two. It's going to happen. That, well, that, that's my take. You know, it's kind of the – I was saying this last night. It's like this team doesn't deserve good things. They they put David Coley down, like face down the river and walked walked over him and then did the same thing to Lovey Smith. And then Lovey Smith said, I, you know, I'm winning this last game of the season. I don't think you're going to have Bryce Young. This organization doesn't deserve good things. <laughs> Definitely calculated move, if you ask me. 100 percent aj we are officially out of time but i appreciate you hopping on for this last segment my man aj spur you want to real quick uh say where people can find you on twitter and online that's right online roll tide wire just go ahead and type that into google covering all things alabama athletics and alabama in the nfl and for twitter that's spur fm s-p-u-r-r and then fm like radio dial appreciate it aj we'll talk to you soon my man sounds good michael thank you Absolutely. This has been Cup of Joe on Tide 100.9. Coming up next, we got Big Noon Sports. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm Michael Brauner. Thanks to Joe Gaither for letting me fill in for him today. And we'll talk to you guys soon.